wants to race. Race? That's ridiculous. All right, come on. Let's go. Let's go. Put your window down! You want something? Uh, he's probably drunk. You're going the wrong way! What? You're going the wrong way! He says we're going the wrong way. Oh, he's drunk. How would he know where we're going? Yeah, how would he know? Thank you. Thanks a lot. Terrific. Thank you. <laughs> what a moron. You're going in the wrong direction. You're going to kill somebody. Number four. Uh, number four is. Uh, oh shoot! <laughs> I can't remember my number four. Hang on, I got to go get my notes because I changed my pants before I came down here. And I didn't <laughs> the notes in there. <laughs> so, so hang, I'll be right back. Hang on. Now the story of an eclectic fan base who lost touch with reality and the one podcast that somehow holds them all together. It's the substandard expanded universe. You are listening to the weekly substandard expanded universe podcast. The SSEU is the fan cult of the substandard and filled with garbage opinions, preferably expressed via brackets. This is the 13th episode of this podcast experiment. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher and other platforms that I don't even remember the names of. If you like the show, do leave a review and help us out. I am Thomas, uh, one of the hosts of this infamous podcast. As usual, I am joined by Ryan, live from Austin, where Democrats still haven't managed to win statewide since chairs ran on NBC. Uh, Ryan, how are you? I'm pretty good, Thomas. How are you? Uh, I'm good. I heard that you were doing steroids today. Yeah, I am. Um, I'm uh, cycling up right now, I'm trying to bulk up. <laughs> Ryan texted me earlier today and was like, I'm, I'm ready to go. My doctor, uh, she, so like I've had some sinus inflammation. And so she's like, okay, I'm going to prescribe you a steroid for uh, the inflammation. And I was like, okay. And so I took it. And Is it like, working? I guess so. It, it's, yeah, yeah, I would definitely say the inflammation is getting better. <laughs> but I kind of got, you know, it could have been like, a, you know, a, a placebo thing. Five minutes after I took it, I felt like I was all like fired up. Uh huh. So I don't even know if it's that kind of steroid that works that way. Yeah, I learned. I, I learned. I learned what uh, what what the placebo is. I learned what the placebo is from ER, the show, where they prescribed someone Obicalp, which was just placebo backwards. Uh, but they didn't want the patient to know what it was. Anyway, uh, also. Thank goodness! I thought you were gonna. 
tell a story about you had a placebo VD medication. <laughs> no, but we can talk about ER if you want today. Um, also with us from the great state of South Dakota is Chris. Chris, how are you doing today? Chris? Okay, fine. Never mind. Uh, let's try something else. Uh, He's just on. Yeah, I don't know. I guess we'll just we'll try to carry on without him. Uh, or, or maybe this is just what happens to people who try hosting the podcast. They disappear. Uh, we have a new face joining us this week. Message received. Uh, the guy with the dirtiest jokes in the SSEU. What, what was it earlier today? Something about the sperm whale? The author of the autobiography, What's the Matter with Kansas? The father of Dorothy, Tim Lewis. Tim, welcome to the show. Uh, it's wonderful to be here, finally. Father Dorothy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I don't know. I assume that that's a very common name in Kansas. <laughs> Tim, do you know any Dorothys? Yeah, I actually do know a Dorothy. One of my... Uh, uh, Dad, my parents' friends from their high school, their lifelong friends, her name's Dorothy. Uh, her husband' name is Mike. Um, he looks almost exactly. Uh, and I, I, I've, I've said this before in premium. My dad couldn't stand Third Rock from the Sun uh, because he would watch uh, John Lithgow on there and think think of his friend Mike acting like an idiot, and he just <laughs> couldn't do it. But Dorothy's a wonderful lady. Uh, when when we were little and we would meet, she would always just pat my head and, and talk about how soft my hair was. <laughs> so, they, they never had kids, so they kind of adopted us. Uh, so, question. So, is the most common dog name in Kansas Toto? Uh, and I will see. I don't know because being named Tim, I, I was always getting oh, lassie jokes. Thomas, Thomas, what year do you think it is? When do you think... <laughs> When do you think The Wizard of Oz came out? Tim doesn't know anybody that was alive when that movie was popular. When did it come out? I don't know, no. 1940s, maybe? Uh, I believe it was 39. I, it seems like it was either the same year or one year off from Gone with the Wind. Okay, all right. Let's let's go with that. Uh, uh, Tim uh, is uh, lives in Kansas. Is born and raised in Kansas. Is that correct? Uh, te- technically, I was born in Kansas City, Missouri. Okay, but I've so, lived in Kansas my whole life. Yeah. Okay, so is it? Uh, so we had a few weeks ago. We had uh, trivia facts uh, about members of the SSEU. Tim, is it true that you don't watch movies? I I used to. Uh, I used to. Uh, in the 90s. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but I don't know if it's the quality of movies have declined or I just don't care. Of course, being working and, and raising kids, that, that definitely uh, cuts into the, the, the downtime. Uh, and, and it's just like I'd rather watch something I've already watched at this point. You know, I'm, I'm old and tired. And so I'd like, well, I know this is good because I've seen it before, so I'll watch it again. So, so have you seen, have you seen The Dark Knight? I, I did see The Dark Knight. I saw it at the theater. Uh, I, I, uh, I think it was a midnight showing. Um, I, the, the, those. Uh, it wasn't in Colorado, was it? No, no, no. <laughs> well, um, when was the qu- question? When was the last yes. time you went to the movie theater? The last okay, I know this. Uh, well, I, I don't know. I'd have to. I, I 
I saw two movies with my wife, um, one right before we got married and one after we got married. One of them was Marley and Me, and the <laughs> other the other was uh, Night at the Museum 2, uh, The Battle of the Smithsonian. <laughs> you know and how I, to pick I, them. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't go back either. <laughs> and I don't remember which of those came first. I think... I think I'm Marley, sure and Marley and Me is older. Movie. Yeah, Marley and I Me is definitely older. Yeah, early early 2000s, it, maybe? Yeah. I've never seen it, so I don't know. No, no, it couldn't have been early 2000s. No. It had to, had to have been like 2008. Okay. It was it was at the height of the Owen Wilson phenomenon. Yeah, so that was right. Maybe before. maybe 2008 or 2009. There, there, was, there was a height to it? That That's sad. Oh, what are oh. you talking about? Owen Wilson's great. Wedding Crashers? I've actually someone referenced Wedding Crashers the other day, and I'm actually not sure if I have seen it. <laughs> it it's it's Owen Wilson and uh, what's the name of that other guy? Vince Vaughn. Um, Vince Vaughn. Canceling the podcast. Again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Vince Vaughn, who uh, I I believe is is a closet Republican, open Republican. Uh, more of like a libertarian. He oh. has like uh, he has like some underground like discussion group where they talk about like a lot of libertarian ideas and stuff like that i wouldn't i don't i don't know if he's actually a republican i would say definitely he's more libertarian i read a story about it so that's the impression that i got he's probably made enough money that he's starting to lean libertarian because of taxes and after true detective 2 he oh see i never i that quiet because he probably (laughs) Having trouble getting work. Yeah. See, I never, I never watched. I watched uh, the first series of True Detective, and I never watched the second one because people discouraged me from 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 doing that. Is is it I that was, bad? I, it's not. It's it's just. It's not good. It's so slow and so <laughs> just. They really get into the, the minutia of some things that are just really unnecessary, and I mean, really, I mean, Colin Farrell and Rachel McAdams are both pretty good in it but it's kind of wasted okay. R- Rachel McAdams who I really like like she's she's been in, in a few movies that, that I really adore uh, but but Tim isn't it also the case that you recently did watch something called Christmas Town oh yes can, it, it's can okay. you tell us more about this it is uh, yeah so it was the other night uh, my wife's trying to get catch up on work um, so we put on something mindless on the TV after the kids go to bed. And so my wife loves Christmas. The house is decorated. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to find a Christmas movie to put on. Um, and on Amazon Prime, there is quite a selection of Christmas yeah. movies. Right <laughs> We've been going through them. Yeah. So uh, we, uh, we might have already started watching Christmas Town. You'll have to remind me. Okay, so Christmas Town, its description is a, uh, a woman, a... a cynical woman is suspicious when her workaholic father retires to this small town and invites her to go visit for Christmas. And that is probably the worst summation of any movie (laughs) I have seen because the only reason you know that he's a workaholic is because you would have read that description before you watched the movie. (laughs) Uh, But it's essential. I mean, the acting's terrible. Uh, you could tell that it's a very cheap budget. Uh, but there's a woman; she's a real estate agent. She's she's suckering people to buy houses around Christmas by decorating <laughs> houses 
with Christmas decorations and selling the people, look how beautiful this house is going to be, you know. And But it's all an act because she doesn't care about Christmas. And she's a single mom and she's got a son. And her dad does call and invite her. But she doesn't want to go because she had terrible Christmases when she was a kid. Her dad didn't care about Christmas and blah, blah, blah. It's one of those things where she goes because her son guilts her into it. And it's this quirky little town in the middle of the woods in California where they celebrate Christmas all year round. And, you know, the dad was driving through to close a deal and he decides to stop and be a short order cook there. And yeah. Are, and are, when is this movie from? What year is it from? Do oh, you know? I don't know. It's oh. within the last 10 years. Okay. So, uh, so who, who, who stars in it? No one you've ever heard. Of. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Patrick Muldoon. Uh, so I'm going through Amazon reviews here. Um, we got a four star review from T. <laughs> T Fuer, T dot F O O R. So that's what the name is. Uh, four stars. It's cheesy but festive. This is a cheesy Christmas moving movie, and the acting is not fabulous. Patrick Muldoon looks like he's been drinking a lot for a very long time, <laughs> in my opinion. The mom is a bit too cynical, and the kid ran off all the time, like hers does. We would have a serious discipline issue going on! Exclamation point. <laughs> Yeah. However, I have a large Christmas movie collection, and I DVR this on every TV every year. So I wanted to add it to my DVDs. Apparently, they bought the DVD. Oh, the kid's uh, supposed to be 10, and he looks like he's 13. You know, it's like they couldn't have found somebody. That what does this mean? Amazon customer, five stars. I love this movie, but I didn't know it was in Spanish also. <laughs> That might improve. <laughs> What's like? I can't decide if they're like, oh, this is it's in Spanish. <laughs> oh, I liked it. I think that instantly makes it better. Uh, I feel like there are a lot of movies released, like in in the holiday season, that are just terrible. Like like your standard Hallmark movie, or or now like the Netflix movies that are released, and they they will be so terrible, and people will still watch them. What what's the name of the one that they released? That was a big thing last year. I don't. It was it was there. There was this Netflix movie that I can't remember the name of right now. Uh, that was a, a huge hit, and a bunch of people I know watched it just because of how bad it was, and it was a Christmas movie, so you you were supposed to watch it. Yeah. I, I have never understood that logic. <laughs> Here, here's another five-star review uh, from Patricia Kelly. I saw this movie on TV two times in the last two weeks, and I'm buying it now. It's a good Christmas movie that brings about the true meaning of Christmas. Oh. I wish Chris were here to discuss this true meaning of Christmas. It's, it brings about the true meaning of Christmas. Family and truly caring and listening to one another. <laughs> yeah, well, True, the storyline is about a too busy mom, but the story unfolds and, of course, has a happy ending. Why not? It's Christmas Town. So here's some spoilers. She doesn't like Christmas because the dad never celebrated Christmas, and she thought it was because he didn't care. The real reason is her mom loved Christmas but died, and it was too painful for the dad to embrace that season because of his loss but this all comes out in exposition later when 
he shows her all of the Christmas decorations that he kept of her mother's. And this is like... Oh, did they yeah. get on the Christmas expedition, exposition train? Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> the, the, the real secret is Santa has moved his production from the North Pole to this town. <laughs> where, where is this town located? It's this... in the middle. So, so it's not on any map, right? right? The dad just gives them directions. And so they're driving through the, the California forest. Well, and on, the... because um, there's a town in Virginia that claims to be Christmas Town. No, no, no. The name of the town is Holly. It's Holly, California. Okay. And so the kid starts, he just yells at his mom to stop. Stop, stop, stop. So she stops, you know. He sees a reindeer in the woods, so he just takes off running, chasing this reindeer in California. And so she goes after him. And, well, right before that, they said, well, we don't know where we're going. All we know is the ro- the town is, is on this road, so we're just going to keep driving on this road. So he runs 90 degrees off the road, chasing this reindeer. And then he says, Mom, come here, come here. And she comes. And so... Then they're overlooking this valley, and they see the town in the valley. Now, I don't know how you get to this town by going straight on this road, unless this road makes one heck of a horseshoe <laughs> at some point, which is not shown, because you just see the road in front of them going continuing straight. Uh, yeah, and there's, a, there's the NP something, the North Pole Productions. It's this big warehouse, and the guards are dressed as, like, nutcrackers um but they're trying to keep it down low but then there's a scene where they're unloading a truck with pre-wrapped presents and then they're like hacked off that the mom saw the presents because you know and there's a kid snooping around and we can't have kids snooping around because they might discover this it's just it's terrible it is it is really bad it says here on imdb that it was straight to video so so yeah. I, I guess that's not surprising. Have I? So I might have told this story before. Uh, when uh, when I was at Oklahoma State, I had this, this one student who uh, found it very fascinating that, uh, that I was from Europe and that I was from Sweden uh, and came up a few times during the semester and, and we chatted a little bit and it turned out that she was from California. And uh, I mentioned something about reindeer to her. And uh, she looked at me and she looked very surprised uh, and she had to clarify was like reindeer. I, I thought that reindeer only existed in stories about Santa. Uh, <laughs> and she was completely unaware of the fact that reindeer are a real thing. Um, <laughs> reindeer unicorns, they're essentially the same. <laughs> in other news, unless does anyone else have any more Christmas thoughts? Can I can I just say that uh, I want to go on record as saying that Die Hard is not a Christmas movie? I must be confused. What what party were they having during the movie? Okay, okay. Here here's the thing. In order to be a Christmas movie, it has to meet. You think of the classic Christmas movies. It either has to be a, specifically about the holiday itself, so like Christmas Vacation or Check. a Christmas Story, or it has to be a story of redemption, like Christmas Carol. Check. Um, okay. So, so it takes place kind of around a Christmas party, but it is not about that Christmas party or really anything else. So it can't fulfill the first one. And if you're talking about a redemption story, 
then the only character that and it goes through any kind of redemption arc is Al, who learns to kill again. <laughs> yeah, he shot a kid <laughs> because the kid had a ray gun. Right. And so for some reason that scarred him and yes. he learned to get over that and realize that it's okay to shoot a kid sometimes. So, yeah, the miracle of Christmas is re-embracing lethal force. You know, I... <laughs> Sounds like a very American Christmas story to me. I can't, uh, uh, I can't imagine that that would be left in if that movie was made today. Yeah, yeah. All right, so All right. I, I'm not particularly interested in relitigating this. We have attempted to promote the podcast in various ways, and uh, we recently sent uh, Ryan out uh, to see what he could come up with. So, Ryan, do you, do you have a, a field report for us? Yeah. I, I wish I could say that this is going to have a happy ending, but uh, like Die Hard, but it, yeah, I don't <laughs> think it, it really did. So there was a podcast festival in Austin, which I mean, there's I, I, probably four or five of those a year in Austin. Um, <laughs> I was down there. I was shopping us around. Um, as you know, it wasn't going well. I checked in with you guys a few times throughout the day. But um, as I was packing up my table... And getting ready to head head home, this guy comes over and he's like, oh, he sees my sign. And he's like, oh, hey, I've actually listened to this. You guys are really good together. And I'm just like, you know, on cloud nine. And he's just like, I'm actually, you know, a producer for Stitcher Premium. Um, it's always nice to get praise. Yeah. it's. But then he says, but... Uh, you guys need to drop your affiliation with the substandard. It's like, they're already doing their thing. You know, people don't want a second-rate version of that. You need to find your own voice, do your own thing. You know, really go for a bigger audience. So, I leapt over the table and just began to beat him about the face and groin area. I, I was screaming at him. I said, you see these tattoos? And I was showing him my knuckles. They say stubs, substandard for life. And, well, I, and I was like, well, they will once I finish them and figure out how to fit them all on there. I just say SU right now, but that's what it means. And I realized there were people who were starting to stare, and I needed to make a quick getaway. And that was not going to be easy because Rhett was crying and Piper had become all tangled up in the baby and almost falling out. So I had to just swing her around to the back to take off for the car. And I don't know if she's looking for me. I feel like my story's pretty, you know, like I had cause. I, well, yeah, I think I think that was, you know, he was obviously provoking you. Uh, I think by that, saying yeah. that. Did, I think like the commentary guys must have sent him out there. Did you at least leave him with a business card? Yeah, I. Um, okay. I kind of just drew my number in his blood on his shirt. <laughs> You know, just in case he was still interested, you know, in, in not changing us. So, well, you know, you displayed passion, and that's, you know, that's like 80% of success. So, you know, maybe. That's what I've read. I yeah. think there was a, a Malcolm Gladwell book about, like, you know, <laughs> success is mostly 
passion and not really any work. I feel like we're right in that wheelhouse. All right. <laughs> Uh, but but so in in addition to the the podcast festival, so are these podcast festivals common in Austin? Yeah, then you know at South by Southwest, there's a, there's a podcast portion of that. Uh, Austin City Limits has a podcast thing. Then there's the actual Austin Podcast Festival. So there's there's going to be more opportunities for me to shop us around. Okay. If okay. I'm allowed in. Okay, but but you also well I. Th- for, I was trying to get funding for us because I keep hearing about, you know, this Soros money. I was right. trying to get some, like, political funding for us. And I've been asking people about, you know, trying to get some cock money. And <laughs> I've been asking around about, about that. And I've been asking on Twitter. I'm just like, hey, can I get some of that cock money? And I don't know what. People keep sending me just, like, the, just... The, the strangest links and I'm like <laughs> to, I'm like the cock brothers you know the, the <laughs> libertarian billionaires like why are you so I Tim Tim I d- Tim do you want to take this one uh well uh they're they're practically neighbors right uh, of mine and uh it's uh it's pr- pronounced coke um I, 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 coca-cola <laughs> I, I, I think it's a uh, is that a German pronunciation? I don't know. Some old world uh, American it would be. I guess we should have put Thomas in charge of that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I suggest that you, you try to I don't know like go 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 to the to nearest street corner there in Austin and see if you can find some Coke money uh, <laughs> and, and see see what they can do for you. I'm sure that'll work out too. Yeah, but yeah. So the the Koch brothers uh, are are from Kansas, right? And and so yeah. is Warren Buffett, right? Or no, he's from. No, he's from Om- He's from Nebraska. Aren't aren't these the same thing? <laughs> is is there really a difference? Okay, I got I got that one well, wrong. I'm... The the uh, the old joke uh, is that Kansas is windy because Oklahoma sucks and Nebraska blows. <laughs> But then, but then Oklahomans say the same joke, but they just use, uh, you know, Kansas and Texas. And then, uh, so on. Yeah, it, it's sort of like uh, sort of the joke. Uh, you you know what Norway has that Sweden doesn't? Good neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway. Yeah, so so last week uh, we watched King Arthur. Then uh, Chris and I also decided to watch uh, another movie. We decided to watch Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, uh, which is this, I guess, Thanksgiving movie that's uh, celebrated by almost everyone, and everyone kept praising it, and it is supposedly really funny. And after we were done watching the movie, I turned to Chris, and and I asked him where the jokes were because <laughs> it is not entertaining. Oh, you, you didn't you didn't like it. No, I really? like on if you have a list of the top 30 Thanksgiving movies, it's probably number 50 or, or something know that like there that. There are 30 Thanksgiving movies. Yeah, so. that's how bad it is. <laughs> anyway, so Tim, do, do you like it? I I I like it. it 
it's, it's is this is this I'm sorry is this one of the movies you 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 go back to watch every year? Or? Oh no. But no? it's it's definitely one of those where when it's on TV it's one you stop and watch or at least I do. It's not a movie I own, but it's it's one that I enjoy. The only reason why I would stop is if my remote stops working and I would then <laughs> throw it at the TV. I don't remember. So I watched it for the first because I'd never seen it before for Thanksgiving time last year. Somebody brought it up in the mega thread about it being a Thanksgiving movie in the in the infancy of the mega thread last November. So I watched it for the first time last year. Well, we didn't get all the way through it. We never I was supposed to finish watching it. I don't think I saw the last 15 or 20 minutes or something like that. Yeah, I mean, it, it um, ends it but, ends as you would expect. They, they both die horribly in a fire. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, but I don't... I remember thinking it was pretty funny. I don't remember hating it the way that you do. It's not... I mean, it's a, it's a road movie in, in a way like Dumb and Dumber is a road movie. Yeah. Except the the humor's more situational. The humor comes from the fact that Steve Martin doesn't want to be stuck with John Candy, but kind of has to be. And really just the conflict of these two people going through these ridiculous experiences. Uh, it's not a laugh out loud. I'm I wouldn't I mean there were but, but there's, I know there's that there were gags that I laughed yeah, at. Yeah, there's okay. definitely funny gags. The you're going the wrong way uh, joke. All right, yeah. all right. So, so is that actually funny? So he's going, he's going the wrong way. So it's sort of funny when they're having the conversation with with the car that's actually going the right way on the other side right. of the barrier. Right. Okay. So, so yeah. okay. So that's sort of funny, but then yeah. they actually meet these two semi semi trucks coming against them, and they squeeze in between, and then. After they have passed them, Steve Martin has his hands stuck on the dashboard and he digs his hands out and they make the sounds. That's it. I don't know. It's it's not it's not that funny. Like I can see wh- wh- why that they tried to make it funny, but I didn't laugh at that. Well, it, it's it's just you're so yeah, dead inside. I I would say that that joke is a little bit out of place for the rest of the movie. It you know it, it you know when you've got subtle jokes. Like they're, they're, you know, they're getting the the hotel room, and Steve Martin says, "I've got, you know, this much cash and a really nice watch," and the guy gives him a room, and John Candy says, "You know, I've got three buck, three dollars and a Casio," and you know, the guy JVL's <laughs> favorite, <laughs> right? The guy tells him to, you know, it just I don't, I think it probably maybe more speaks to a certain time and place, the humorless I mean, time and place, perhaps. <laughs> I don't know. I'm in my forties, uh, so. You know, growing up with Steve Martin and John Candy, I think probably the movie does more for me than somebody that's yeah coming in cold. Like, I watched The Great Outdoors growing up probably, you know, 50 times. Yeah. And so John Candy is, you know, just seeing him, he's just funny to me. Like right. he's, he's He's a good comedic actor. Yeah. So I'm I'm sorry that that you didn't appreciate it, Thomas. Yeah, well, and I, so I don't know. So I was going to say that maybe it's just an I don't know an American foreign thing, but I don't think Chris was too excited about it either. So, but so uh, Steve Martin has been in a lot of crap, uh, and I understand that uh, Tim, you have you have a ranking of Steve Martin movies for us. Yeah. So so 
because we were going to talk about planes, trains, and automobiles, I, I wanted to rank my favorite, my personal favorite, uh, Steve Martin movies and my favorite John Candy movies. Okay, but so uh, so are are these movies where Steve Martin is is the lead? He's not just in them, but he's actually the lead. He's either the lead or one of the main characters. If it's kind of an, an ensemble, he's at least one of the main ones. Okay, like um, so I've I've yeah so I've got a I've got a top five for each, and I'm bending the rules here because I I didn't want to make a top six. Um, but I didn't want to cut anything. <laughs> so I have tied for fifth place um, on my Steve Martin rankings is a tie between L.A. Story, which is, again, it's one of those movies that speaks to a time and place. So I don't I haven't seen it recently. I'm not sure if it holds up as uh -huh. well, but it's it's one of those that really skewers culture and specifically you know los angeles california is this the one where he plays um he plays a, a weatherman is that what he is he yeah is he he Are is you thinking and of nicholas cage and the weatherman yeah no and he does <laughs> he does performance art where he like goes to a museum and he roller skates in front of the paintings and someone videotapes it and you know, which is ridiculous at the time, but now, like, if somebody did that, they they could have a successful YouTube channel doing that. So, <laughs> uh, you know, like, uh, in some ways, it was uh, kind of ahead of its time. I haven't so seen then, that one, so I don't. Okay, it, it's it's good, it's good. Um, and so then, tied for it is "Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid," which is his noir parody he's a he's a detective and it's just a ridiculous movie but it's a lot of fun um it's in black and white so would someone who who enjoys noir movies enjoy this parody i think so i think so it's it's yeah i mean it gets it does a pretty good job at getting the tone right while still being funny and it 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 doesn't it, it's it pokes loving fun at the genre it's not there to tear it down you know you can tell that uh -huh. mark likes these old detective movies and uh, so those those that's that's my uh number four number five uh number three i have no number four. four four number four i have three amigos uh which he's one of the three leads so i left at that who are the other that's two one that's one i've seen i like that With, one Martin uh, short and chevy chase yeah. oh right okay yeah uh number three i have bowfinger which is him and Eddie Murphy, and it's one of my favorite comedies of the '90s. I think. Really, I yeah. have to watch that. I've never seen it. Yeah, I've heard uh, people like people. It seems like they either hate that movie <laughs> or they really love it. Oh yes, I know Scotty. Uh, we've talked about it in Megathread before, um, and he's a he he also really loves this movie. So oh, okay. number two, which might be controversial to some, because they would perhaps put it at number one, is The Jerk, which is. You know what kind of what put Steve Martin on the map, and then number one, uh, which I don't think there's any disputing this, is Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Yes, that's uh, exactly the where yeah, I would have put those two. You, that is just immensely rewatchable. Okay, uh, so I have questions. Yeah. Uh, yes. So what about Father of the Bride? No. 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 What about Parenthood? No. Nope. They're just trash. I, I these really, are the ones that I've actually seen, and I'll still put the ones I haven't seen ahead of those. I I wanted to put the Man with Two Brains on this list, which is one of another one of his older movies. It's it's good, but 
I think there's some recency bias. I haven't seen it in a long time. I enjoyed the L.A. story and Dead Men Don't Mirror Plaid a little bit more, I think. I think they hold up a little bit better. Um, Sergeant Bilko I wanted to put on the list, but I think it, there's enough not funny in there as there is funny. What's that one? Is that the... It's It's got Phil Hartman. He's the bad guy. It's based on the old... Uh, Phil Silver's show, Sergeant Bilko. You know, he's this conniving no motor pool sergeant in the army. Right, and uh, he, he allows his soldiers okay. to gamble I, I, and... I yeah, yeah. See, I, I have yeah. seen this one. And yeah. I, I do I, I do remember liking that, but obviously it's been a, it's been a yeah. long time since I've seen it. Okay, so... One, one more. Right. So, The Pink Panther? And obviously... Oh, no. No? No. It, well, and then the... the the one you don't have to say that's obviously number one is Cheaper by the Dozen 2. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> See, those those are like, you know, he's he's funding his banjo yeah. collection or something yeah. with those movies because yeah, yeah, there's nothing, you know, anybody could have taken over that lead and it probably would have been the yeah. same somewhat humorous, forgettable movie. So have you have you guys, has, have either of you seen the Oh Hello show on Netflix? No. Uh, so it's a... It's a Broadway show that comedian John Mulaney and Nick Kroll do, and they play these two like characters that are just old, dirty men from New York. They they started doing the characters just on podcasts, and then they just got so comfortable doing them that they wrote a show and then did it on Broadway, and it sold out every night. And so one of the bits that they do is uh, they do this stupid, <laughs> this stupid bit called Too Much Tuna. And uh, during that bit, when they did it on Broadway, since there was, I mean, there were famous people that were going to see the show every night, and they they bring one of them up on stage. And so the one that they put on Netflix is um, they bring Steve Martin on. And Steve Martin, so their their characters that they play are just two obnoxious old men who think that they know everything and they're funnier and better than everyone. You could, I mean, Steve Martin plays along, but at the same time, he kind of gets annoyed with them <laughs> being their obnoxious characters. You can just kind of see where he's just like, I know you're making fun of me in character, but I still don't like it. <laughs> it's pretty enjoyable to watch. Right, because Steve Martin is, so we talked recently, I believe it was with Adam uh, on the podcast, about how there aren't really any breakout comedic stars. But are we all in agreement that like Steve Martin was one of these? Like he was a yeah, comedic yeah, star? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So, uh, before we move on to John Candy, uh, Ryan, do you want to give a word from our uh, sponsor today? Has your infant ever screamed when placed in the arms of a friend of a different race or ethnicity? Does your preschooler express problematic opinions about ethnic food or women in the workplace? Does your toddler stare contemptuously at others on on multiracial playdates? Many of us have no choice but to answer answer yes to at least one of those questions. Studies show that if not nipped in the bud, these seemingly minor incidents can lead to even more troubling behaviors as your child gets older. One minute you're snuggling with the sweet toddler Bridget, and the next minute you're checking tween Bridget's browser and finding David Duke's newsletter in her search history. (laughs) 
what do parents do? Let's be honest. Traditional character formation is really hard, and most parents are terrible at it. You sure as hell can't rely on teachers. Your kids have less respect for them than they do for you. Thankfully, the folks at We Harmony have an app for that. We Harmony says it's never too soon to stamp out these problematic instincts in your little one. And it works just like a dating app, so the garbage millennials and iGen parents can teach their children to navigate <laughs> this technology with ease. Open the app, hand your smartphone or phone or tablet to your little one. Pictures will pop up of the divert, diverse and marginalized people, both living and dead. A quick swipe right is an affirmation of the good people, while a swipe left dismisses the problematic figures. But if little Joey or Veronica gives a swipe to Stonewall Jackson or a swipe left to Martin Luther King, the phone or tablet will emit a brief but strong electric current. You'll be amazed at how quickly their chubby little hands will make the right choices after a few hours of these electric pulses. Problematic behaviors don't disappear within a year. The folks at We Harmony will delete the app from your phone free of charge. That guarantee you can't afford not to try this app. But don't take our word for it. Take it from the customer. Here's Trevor, a young father from Austin, Texas. About a year ago, we tried when we were visiting Washington, D.C. for the first time. I was up carrying the one-year-old Charlotte up the steps to Lincoln Memorial. As we made our way up the last steps and passed between those glorious columns, Charlotte looked up, glanced at the savior of our union, pointed, and projectile vomit. At the same time, I shrugged this off as coincidental. But when a year later, her first full sentence was, The South will rise again! I knew I had to do some. Thanks, we army. Charlotte's pro-Confederate instincts have almost entirely disappeared. She won't let go of the idea of the constitutionality of secession. But hey, I'm no constitutional scholar. Take the likes of treasure. Trevor. Treasure. It's never too early to start with we harmony. Many people with PhDs have determined that this time there is not any evidence, that at this time there is not any evidence or very little evidence that there are any lasting physical effects from electric pulses. Well, there is one lasting effect the blank, vacant stares. The are better than the hostile looks, so they actually help with the, with the harmony thing. So download We Harmony today and ensure your little one joins the enlightened. <laughs> Wow. We har- we dot com. Dot com slash flag taylor. <laughs> you 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 know whose parents ought to have sent their kids here? <laughs> Jesse Kelly's parents. Mm. Uh, did you have a John Candy ranking? Yeah, yes. Now the John Candy ranking was was easier for me because like you said, uh, Steve Martin has been in more movies, but there's there's a lot of chaff that you got to winnow out of. So again, I have a top five and a tie for fifth place. And my fifth place tie goes to two of his last movies, Canadian yeah, Bacon. Yeah, he hasn't done anything for a while. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so I have a tie between Canadian Bacon and Wagons East. Wagons East was Is that the one much... with Matthew Perry in... No, no, no. no. You're thinking of Chris Almost Farley. Heroes. Yeah, yeah you're thinking of Almost Chris Heroes. Farley. Wagons East Different is... Dead fat guy. 
It's uh, it's Richard Lewis, and basically you have a bunch of um, disgruntled uh, settlers that bought into traveling west and starting new lives, and hey, it sucks, let's go home. They can't find anybody to take their wagon train back east, so they find John Candy, who's a disgraced guide because he was one of the guides for the Donner Party, and nobody wants to have anything to do with him because he's an alcoholic now, and... So the, the conflict of the movie comes with the government doesn't want that to happen because they want people, they want to encourage westward expansion in Manifest Destiny. And so they end up uh, sending the cavalry to stop their wagon train at all costs. It's got some really funny parts in it. It's got some great characters. It's got a great cast. And of course, Canadian Bacon, kind of like Wag the Dog going on there of things spiraling out of control to cover up something else and uh it's it's good uh and number four a movie not a lot of people know about it's called armed and dangerous it was one of his earlier movies it's john candy eugene levy uh and a young meg ryan john candy's a uh he was a cop he gets booted off the force for excessive uh, use of force and other things uh, winds up being a security guard with Eugene Levy. Meg Ryan is the daughter of the guy that runs the security guard company. There's intrigue and hilarity ensues. I recommend it. It's a good one. Uh, number three, people will probably bag Ryan Grazer and Harold Ramis wrote that one. Yeah, it's, it's good. It's good. Um, number three, people are going to bag me for having it at number three. Uh, but I put Uncle Buck at number three um uncle book's good but uh it drags there's the family stuff that, okay i'm now really interested to hear what your top two are yeah oh uh <laughs> number two is great outdoors it's it's really good um john candy gets to play the straight guy kind of yeah um which is a change of pace and then number one the the greatest John Candy comedy of all time is Who's Harry Crumb. This movie makes me happy every time I watch it. Um, it is everything that made him great in one performance. And, uh, I, I have not seen this movie. I, you have to watch it. I, I haven't either. Oh, what are you? What's wrong with you? <laughs> I've said many times how you know '80s movies. I, I missed you know most yeah. of them. Yeah. So that's one of them that I missed. So did you did you not put Spaceballs on there because you don't like it as much or because he's not as much a main character? Right, because his role is so diluted down. Yeah. Um, okay. You know, I didn't want it because here's the thing. He's in so many good movies. But but he's in them as a supporting actor. Yeah. Right, right. You know, um, so I didn't I didn't put Spaceballs on there because he's not He's a he's a really side character. Yeah, yeah. and uh, Cool Runnings. Uh, yeah, I like Cool Runnings. That's one that I've I, I do, uh, I've watched he's, a bunch. Of times. He's he. When he's I think of John Candy, I think of yeah. yeah, I think of I think of comedy, and he's he's. It's not a it's not a comedy movie. No, I mean not. it's got some funny parts, but it's not. It's not as much. The funny parts aren't as much him as they are the Jamaican Bob's right. So is is this also the reason that he's not the main guy uh, in Stripes? Is that why that doesn't make the list? Right, because it's, he's got a... Yeah, he's great in Stripes, but he's a small part. He's great in, you know, Blues Brothers one. as the parole it. officer. Yeah, he's good in heavy metal. 
as but that's an animated movie so 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 as as a comedic actor so since we're talking about both of these guys today so do you have a preference between steve martin and, and john candy do you find them both both funny i i do i i would rather watch a john candy movie and i would rather read steve martin's writings because he steve martin is an author really hits my particular comedic taste um and so that's that's where i would go but 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 steve martin obviously had greater success as an actor than john candy did like just like counting the number of lead roles that he received and i think that's just a bias against canadians (laughs) (laughs) or or fat people or fat canadians Canadians. (laughs) and that's something that you know we we as a society someday (laughs) we'll have to answer for perhaps pay reparations yeah moving on from uh, 80s comedic movie stars I thought that we should talk a little bit about uh, a recent movie so the other day I decided I was browsing on HBO and I decided to watch Tomb Raider so Tomb Raider is a reboot of the franchise came out in the spring of this year and stars Alicia Vikander as Lara Croft the lead Tomb Raider of course is originally it's, it's a video game uh, with the same name. It had a couple of movies starring uh, Jolie around 2000s or something like that. Does that sound right? So anyway, so this is a, this is a, a cinematic reboot of that series. Uh, and I really don't remember what they said on the substandard about it, if they said anything at all. But whatever they said, I am sure that they were wrong. So uh, <laughs> in in this reboot, Lara Croft uh, or Alicia Vikander, she is currently working as, as a, a bike courier, also doing some sort of martial arts on the side in order to try to get money to, to stay alive, to uh, stay afloat. H- h- hang on. Hey, yes. You say a bike career? Yes. What does that mean? She delivers things on a bike. Oh. Courier? Courier? Like, uh, oh, a courier. I thought you said bike career. <laughs> so she's like Joseph Gordon-Levitt in that uh, one movie he was in with oh, Michael... Yeah. Uh, Michael... Uh, what's his name? Uh, this is great content, Ryan. I can't even name the, the movie. Uh, no. Super, Superman's dad. In the, uh, <laughs> or no, he was... He, no, he was... Um, uh, oh yeah, yeah. Michael Strahan, or uh, not Strahan. Michael, uh, it's something like that, except he's not a football player. <laughs> uh, anyway, the guy, that, the guy that screams a lot. <laughs> Michael Shannon. Shannon, yeah. Michael Shannon. Uh, anyway, so Laura Croft is is delivering letters and packages uh, around the city, and she is then arrested following some sort of bike accident. And it is revealed that she has refused to claim her inheritance because if she does claim her inheritance, that means that she recognizes that her dad, played by Dominic West, who we all know and love from The Wire, would have passed away. Still getting jobs? Yeah, maybe not after this movie. Um, <laughs> anyway, and so so she hasn't claimed her day 
inheritance, but as she's about to do so, her lawyer or her dad's lawyer hands her a puzzle and she starts to find clues, suggesting that her dad has I, gone sorry, off on some I'm sort sorry, of adventure. I gotta, go, I gotta go back again. So she won't, she won't claim her inheritance because she'll have to admit that her dad is dead. Does she know her dad is dead and she just can't bear to say it? Or does she think he's not dead? I believe that she genuinely believes that her dad is still alive, even though she hasn't okay. seen him for seven years. Okay. So, so does she think that, like, the inheritance is, like, legally binding that the second she signs, some force of nature will actually <laughs> kill her dad wherever he may be in the world? I... I I'm not sure it's quite that. I, I think it is that she that would mean that she admits to herself and to everyone else that he is actually gone. Not that it would actually kill him. Okay. <laughs> so she receives this Chinese, I believe, Chinese puzzle within which she starts to find clues leading to her discovering the location of one of her dad's uh, sort of secret labs or workspaces uh, where he is trying to solve mysteries and find treasures and so on, artifacts. So sure. she finds that and then she goes off on an adventure in order to try to locate her dad and the treasure that he is seeking. I am very skeptical of video game to movie transitions. So, for example, you couldn't pay me to watch the World of Warcraft movie. Uh, <laughs> Has there been a good one? I mean, you can get to that after. A, a good video game to movie... Yeah. Transition. Okay, we can talk about that. Uh, I'm not sure. But anyway, so I was really skeptical, uh, but it turned out by the end of the movie that I actually really liked it. I, I, I loved this movie. And so Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull was supposed to be sort of this reboot of the Indiana Jones franchise with Shia LaBeouf taking over after Harrison Ford. Garbage. Complete, utter garbage. Tomb Raider with Alicia Vikander is a much better success to that franchise. She is essentially a lady Indiana Jones, and it is great. So it's more about her, like, searching and discovering things than with fighting bad guys along the way than the main thing just being, like, being able to beat up men. So so it's not really about that. And she is not portrayed like uh, Angelina as this sultry, very attractive. Like uh, Alicia Vikander is very attractive, but she's not wearing booty shorts or anything like that throughout the movie. <laughs> and so when she sets out on this adventure and when she has been briefly trained by her dad in her younger years in archery and things like that, it is fairly realistic. It is very fun to watch. It is a tremendous adventure action movie. Dominic West uh, puts in a fairly good performance. Uh, the one thing that it doesn't have, but that Indiana Jones does have, is humor. It does not have that many humorous moments or really funny lines or anything like that. But they have puzzles, they have adventure, uh, it is very fast-paced and it is great. It doesn't rely like a lot of movies from 2018 and in recent years rely on CGI as much for the final <laughs> battle, for example. So I found it to be very enjoyable. Really hope that it gets a sequel and that it preferably, again, stars Alicia Vikander as Lara Croft. Did it make money? It might have made a little bit of money. It had a budget of about 100 million 
its global box office was about 275 so mm. it might so have, right on the edge right on yeah. the edge it might have made a little bit of money but it was not a huge commercial success so uh, it seems a little bit doubtful about whether we will see a sequel or not yeah, yeah and I was really excited to see Dominic West in something because I haven't seen him in much besides The Wire yeah, yeah. so, so you, would you say that this is the best adaptation of a video game movie i think so i haven't seen i haven't seen the resident evil movies yeah oh they're garbage I, yeah i saw maybe the first maybe the first one or the first two some people love those movies though well there's a that's reason why, why they've I, made like seven of them it okay my i had a roommate whose brother was obsessed with the with the resident evil movies and it was it had nothing to do with the movies it had to do with the the leading actress Mila Jovovich. Uh, yeah, yeah, and that was that was the appeal. I'm looking at video game adaptations in the movies, and like Ready Player One is listed. That's not that's not an adaptation of a video game. No, it's Wreck not. It, Wreck It Ralph is. Listed. <laughs> that's not. But but so one that comes to mind, for example, is uh, Street Fighter with Sean Clad Van Damme. Oh. Uh, that, that is. <laughs> Uh, if you really like Sean Clad Van Damme, uh, I guess that might be a good movie. But it is not I, a good movie. Like most I, adaptations I, I, are terrible. I saw that in the theater. Really? <laughs> yeah, I didn't have to pay for it. Uh, I was I was on vacation visiting a buddy of mine, and his friend worked at a theater, and so he let us come in the Thursday night when they screen them. I don't know if they still do it because everything's digital now, but they would used to have to watch the movie to make sure the film functioned. Okay. And uh, so the employees would get together and watch the movie, and so we had an in and and got to watch it for free, and I think everybody was in agreement that it was a good thing that we watched it for free because <laughs> it's really bad. I don't remember the first two Tomb Raider movies uh, with Angelina, but this recent Tomb Tomb Raider reboot is definitely my favorite so far, uh, and I think that it is worth seeing if you like adventure movies. So it is uh, Jumanji uh, with The Rock is a better comedy than this is, but this is a better adventure movie than Jumanji. Yeah, I, I like that Jumanji movie. Uh, that was that, that was really good. We are starting to run out of time. Do you guys have anything else that we have left out talking about? No. No. If neither of you have anything, there is one more thing I would like to mention. I went to see Widows earlier tonight. I am not quite as in love with it as JVL appears to be, but it is a really good movie. My main problem with it, and I'm not going to give away any spoilers, but my main problem is that you can see the twist coming from a mile away. Still worth seeing. If you are choosing between watching another Harry Potter movie or seeing Widows, I strongly suggest that you go and see Widows in theater. <laughs> that is all for us for this week. You can find us on Twitter or on any service that provides you with podcasts. We will be back next week with another episode and perhaps I will let Chris back on. Thank you, Tim, for coming on. Oh, yeah, it was great. Thank you, Tim. I, I, I'm looking forward to uh, tanking uh, the podcast. So <laughs> That suggests that... I, I don't think that it can go lower. I'm sure it's fine. Opening theme music by David Schwartz. Opening voiceover by Tim Lewis. Cover art design by Nick Chu at the Nick A. Chu on Twitter. Motherfucker. Opening theme music by David Schwartz. Opening voiceover by Tim Lewis. Cover art design by Nick Chu at the Nick A. Chu on Twitter. Evernote Premium provided by Patrick Kenny. Evernote. 
Need to tell Grandpa what happened to the goat? Put it in an Evernote. Evernote, these are right off the old noggin. Can't believe they haven't hired me yet. And a very special thank you to Flag Taylor for writing every single word of that We Harmony ad. Oh, what a gift to the students of Skidmore he is. Love you, Flag. And as always, listen to The Substandard every week and get a subscription to The Weekly Standard while you're at it. Bye! I'm still lying. There's no way you didn't laugh at all at planes, trains, and automobiles. No, no, I didn't say. You're I might to be. You're trying to be JVL right now. I might have laughed a couple of times. Okay. Maybe three times, but but oh, that's three it. Times. Yep, you but, counted. <laughs>